This is Rare Bird Radio. I'm Carol E. Miller, author of Every Moment of a Fall, a memoir about recovery from trauma using the eye movement therapy EMDR. With me is Sandra Freundlich-Hall, founding director of Take My Word For It, a creative writing program that serves youth in after-school and community settings. Sandra's also a writer. She's a sometimes poet, and she's working on having a daily writing practice, like so many of us. Hi, Sandra. Hi. So I would like to start by talking about or hearing about how you started Take My Word For It. What, what got you going? Um, actually, I remember the moment I, my kids were in elementary school. I think the youngest was in third grade, and the next one was in fourth. And I woke up one morning having the thought, I want to start an after-school program, hmm. inspired by uh, the fact that there was very little writing going on in their classrooms, and that really disturbed me. And No Child Left Behind was in force, and that meant that teachers were really having to pay a lot of attention to testing and assessments, and there was very little time for anything considered extraneous, which writing got, um, you know, lumped in that category. So like art and recess. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The arts in general. How old were your kids? Well, let's see, third grade, I think you're eight. Mm-hmm. and nine. Okay. Yeah. Eight and nine or ten, something like that. And so I was pretty naive, <laughs> as we all are when we start out in business ventures. <laughs> and I, I just um, offered it at their school initially. And then word spread, and I started offering in more schools. I was the teacher, but I also had another career, so I did only a handful of schools at that point. So were you, you were working full-time and you were doing this? Yeah, I was a freelancer. I was an event producer, so okay. I had my own schedule. And so how often were you doing? How often were you teaching initially? Uh, well, it started out with one school, one hour a week. Oh, okay. Most of our classes are one hour a week after school. Um, and then I think I was doing two or three schools after a while. And then the economy crashed in 2008, and I had no more event-producing work. Uh And I decided to see what I could make or take my word for it, and I put an ad on Craigslist for additional instructors. And I started with three more instructors in 2009, and now we have 20-plus instructors in the Bay Area as well as in Cambridge, Mass., and in Northern Virginia. So I was going to ask you to say where the programs are. So in the Bay Area, which which cities? Um, in Oakland and San Francisco primarily, but in a range of different kinds of schools there. We've also taught in Fremont. We've taught in Petaluma. Um, we've taught down as far as Palo Alto. Um, and in Boston, we're in Cambridge and Somerville. Mm-hmm. And then in Northern Virginia, which is right outside of D.C., we're in the Arlington schools, um, and we're in some schools in Fairfax County. That's my dog. (laughs) Hi, Sophie. (laughs) She wants to talk. I recently read about a journaling project that um, one of the Bay Area hospitals is using with adolescent patients and 
I just, you know, really wish that I had had something like that when I was in the hospital as a teenager after the plane crash, which is what I write about in my memoir. It would have made a huge difference. And so I wanted to ask you about that sort of therapeutic aspect of writing, if you see that as part of, if that was part of your goal or if it's just a, a something that you see happening with the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we want to make sure, I want to make sure all my instructors understand that we're not therapists mm-hmm. and we're not trained to do therapy. But writing um, by nature is an outlet of expression um, for feelings that may not be able to be mitigated in any other way in someone's life. So I definitely had that in mind when I started the program, both from a, um, the opportunity for kids to express things that are difficult or challenging for them to integrate, but also to express things of joy and right. um, silliness and the whole range, um, because I felt like during the school day that really isn't something they have time or make time to do with the kids. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen all kinds of things come out, um, of kids on paper and it's pretty astounding (laughs) continually, even after 11 years, amazed by what I read, um, that's written by third, fourth and fifth graders, um, in terms of its depth and its poignancy and its, um, level of understanding that we wouldn't suspect they have. Mm-hmm. Would you read sure. that excerpt that you read to me earlier? It's sure. amazing. So this was written by, um, I think he's a sixth grader at a school we work in in downtown Oakland. Um, and the instructor we had there is also a, a visual artist. And he distributed some photographs to the class Um, they were going to write using the photograph as an inspiration. And this one particular photo was of Victor, the instructor, in an art gallery surrounded by his own paintings. And there's a cameraman shooting a a film of Victor talking about his paintings. And so the young man wrote, This picture seems as if Victor were arguing with a man and a camera pointing at them as if they were about to become fierce with each other. The gorgeous paintings were sweating with intensity. Right when Victor would say a peep, the paintings share, the paintings speak. They say to Victor and the man, fighting never brings nothing good. Instead, look at us. The paintings are beautiful colors and shapes. They stop arguing to look at the paintings. They're amazed by the places they're from. That is just... So incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It must be just amazing to see kids producing something like that. Yeah, I always say there's no shortage of authors, authors coming down the pike um, in terms of these young people, if they pursue it, you know, becoming becoming professional writers. But even if they don't. Do you ever get, yeah, exactly. I mean... I was going to ask you if you ever get to follow up um, with with kids. Um, no, no, we haven't really developed a way to do that. Um, do you feel like part of what you're uh, exposing them to is that 
just the practice of writing as something they can have for themselves that they can take with them yeah. into their lives, regardless of what they do. Yeah. Well, one of the schools, actually the same school that I read the piece from, we were having in the beginning some trouble really connecting with the kids. Um, our class comes at the end of a long school day and they're hungry and they're tired and they don't feel like sitting down and, and writing. So I arranged, um, I had the idea to, to bring in a rap artist from Oakland um, who does a lot of charitable things in his community and is pretty widely known nationally and internationally, actually, for his music. And he came in and told the kids that for him, writing was his ticket out of his circumstances and was a way for him to rise above and he said writing has taken him all around the world. And that it was something that was his and no one could take away from him. Yeah. And I wanted the kids to hear that and see him in the flesh um, and realize that this is not some abstract thing, that this writing can actually be a way that you succeed. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And, I mean, I think about I've been a writer since childhood, um, in different forms, uh, certainly, I mean, I was a, I remember being in fourth grade and, um, being given free reign basically to, I would write a play and I would get to put it on in the school cafeteria on the stage and, um, you know, and being asked to read stories aloud to the class and, um, various teachers like that along the way just really um encouraging me to do that and then I remember in eighth grade I think was when I had my first journaling class and that was really transformative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you know even if I had not become a commercial copywriter poet, memoirist, um, I know that I would still be mm-hmm. writing in mm-hmm. those ways because mm-hmm. it's it does so much. Mm-hmm. Well, the tagline for Take My Word For It, my business, is a love of writing lasts a lifetime. Um, and even if none of these kids goes on to become a quote-unquote professional writer, they're going to write in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and we feel like if we can establish, help them establish a positive relationship to writing early on, they can bring that experience into other kinds of writing they're going to have to engage in, um, kinds of writing that are less exciting and more pedestrian. What's your connection to creative writing? You know, it's funny. I, I just always wanted to write from the time I was young. I, I can't really articulate what what is behind that it's just been a natural inclination from an early age and it's always been what I've turned to to grapple with difficult situations and things I didn't understand um, about my life people in my life so you too me too (laughs) because that's definitely how I used it in this book and how I've used it throughout life but you're you're saying your experience has been kind of the same. Yeah, and then um, 
I had a traumatic experience myself, and my response to that was to write about it. And I have that those pages and pages in a virtual drawer yeah. um, in my computer waiting for me to come back to them and sort them. And So that's your own memoir project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will make it to the end or um i would like that that's one of that's one of the bucket list things you know finish the memoir um and i i'm starting a memoir class in a couple of weeks and going on a teaching one or taking oh no taking one okay and and then also going to a writing conference where i'm going to take more memoir workshops so i'm looking forward to that because usually as a poet, you know, I'm used to being satisfied with seven lines. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's a different animal to to write prose and book form. Yeah, I mean, we both have that in common as well, because everything about poetry, as you say, is about compression, and that becomes your inclination to, right. um, to move in that direction. Yeah, rather and, than unpacking and expanding, and also creating an arc of a story, and because yeah. it's your own story, so you don't really think of it in that way until you step back and figure out and look at it from the point of view of the characters and the plot. Yeah, um, which is not typically how you think about your own life. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting undertaking, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I know the time it requires is significant. Yeah, I was going to ask about, like, if you have an idea, because I had no idea how long it was going to take me to write Every Moment of a Fall. Uh, just no idea. And it took forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier about starting this business. Like, any endeavor like that, you have to start in a naive way yes. because otherwise forget it you would never do it right you know if you knew what you were getting into right yeah so that's beginner's wisdom or whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah so I really I don't have like uh anything hanging over my head in terms of doing this memoir mm-hmm. so I'm not worried about how long it takes me yeah um I feel like the success that I've achieved with Take My Word For It and the um, number of kids that have felt that uh, excitement and pride from expressing themselves has made um, an impact I'm really happy about and feels I feel very satisfied by that. So the memoir would be icing on uh-huh. cake. Yeah. That's a nice way of thinking about it. It has to be the icing with the pink rose, though. <laughs> with the pink rose. Yeah, I really like those. Can't yeah. just be the cheap-ass sprinkles. No. <laughs> it's got to be the, right. the rosettes. Right, exactly. Um, so what what do you think... You know, I feel like so many of my um, go-to memoirs are written by poets. I feel like a lot of... Despite what we just said about the compression versus the you know, expansion. I feel like a lot of poets write memoirs or maybe just the ones I like. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I think about Michael Ondaatje's memoir, Running in the Family. That was one of the first that sealed the deal for me. And then Mary Carr's Liar's Club and, you know, 
goes down the list. Um, but I've never really thought about why that is. Do you have any thoughts about that? Putting you on the spot? Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just a coincidence or there are, um, there are lots of different kinds of writers that also try their hands at memoir. Yeah. Um, also it's probably about noticing, like poets really have an intense noticing skill. Yeah. Um, and in order to write memoir, I feel like that has to be operating. Yeah. Um, and I also really enjoy memoir that has poetic language. Yes. Um, so all writing that has poetic language, I'm kind of a sucker for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. I, that noticing thing, that thing about detail, that's just, I feel like what gives the work emotion and what then in turn allows the the reader to access it and put him or herself there. I mean, for me, that was probably the hardest thing about writing my memoir was putting myself back there in those situations and re-feeling them in a way to be able to communicate that to people. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you wonder about anyone who's trying to um, retell something from the past. Um, I think about people who are testifying in a court case Mm -hmm. and asking to describe, being asked to describe something that happened, you know, years before and how they are able to go back there or are they able and what is it that they're actually doing? What are they recalling? Um, That's a whole more philosophical Angelo questioning about memoir. Yeah. But, you know, that's interesting because I just um, heard that oftentimes when people are testifying in cases when they've uh, experienced a trauma, they are advised by their attorneys not to go through therapy prior to testifying so that they have uh, more ready access to the experience and also their um, anger or their injury around it. Um, Hmm. So because one of the things that therapy does is help us process those things and move past them. And Hmm. um, I guess the defense attorney wants you to be more, you know, righteously indignant. (laughs) It's funny. I would think, I would think about that differently if it were me I would think if you hadn't done therapy around trauma then you wouldn't understand it in a way that you could express it cogently mm-hmm. you know that maybe you you even like shut it off shut it down yeah um so that's an interesting was that your experience with your own trauma no actually I was painfully aware of every moment of it yeah like I was almost like a like a omniscient narrator throughout it all while you were while I was going through it it was bizarre actually I remember commenting on that to my therapist because a lot of people who experience what I experience really lose big tracks of time yeah and I just remembered so much of it and I wrote it down very soon after so I have those memories well and that kind of ability to dissociate is is kind of a saving thing yeah Uh, and yeah and you didn't get that saving thing. No. Well, you mean dissociate, it, meaning not having that omniscient narrator self? No, I mean like being able to absent yourself from oh, what's happening. No, you know? unfortunately Take not. Take yourself out of... I'm nosy even about my own self. <laughs> <laughs> 
since we've been talking about our own poetry or about poetry and memoir, why don't we read each read a poem? Okay. All right. You first. Okay. Um, I like this one. Uh, it's about when we left our home of many years, Boston, to move to California, my husband and I. Elegy for the East Coast. So much has accumulated. Some of it is bound to escape through our fingers as we gather it up, box it, and tie it for transfer. With all that was spoken, some of our language is now part of the landscape, words we, not, we cannot extricate from the crevices in the floorboards. How many tears in this place? We leave them as offerings, small reflecting pools in honor of the dead. Mounting our history like a pair of horses snorting and jostling underneath us, we prepare to ride out of here. Great. Thank you. I'm going to read a poem about leaving as well. My poem is called People Are Leaving. Every moment in places right for parting, people are leaving, making a scene. In Moscow, out of the cold domed shadows cast on Red Square, someone is leaving brisk footprints ringing, and someone is frozen. On the Piazza San Marco, on the Piazza Duomo, raising clouds of pigeons as they go, people are leaving in flurries of arms and feathers, repeating the gesture of wings. Up and down the Champs-Élysées, people upset coffee cups and leave in a huff, hailing fast cabs from the curb. In the Tuileries, people are leaving languidly, but do not look back through the mist of a blowing fountain. And light, passing under a bridge, leaves a lone figure spanning the dark. Every moment, love, people are leaving, as if leaving were an art, as if there were music and slow script scrolling, spelling out the end. So before we sign off, Let's hear one more piece by one of the students from Take My Word For It. Okay. So this was during a summer program we did last summer called Peace Camp, which was a social, social justice and arts camp. Mm. And we did the creative writing component. There was a young African-American man in Taiwan, not really a man, a boy, about to go into uh, seventh grade. And he wrote, based on a template we use called the Persona Poem, he wrote this. I am bad and good. I wonder how middle school will be. I hear gunshots. I see gun violence. I want peace, not war. I am bad and good. I pretend to be a hero. I feel like a punk. I touch people's hearts with my strong words. I worry that humanity is at stake. I cry for people's losses. I am bad and good. I understand that I have a bad past. I say people can change. I dream that I will rise. I try to put in all my effort. I hope I succeed. I am bad and good. Great. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thanks for the opportunity.